this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Hi listeners, this is Brent Sutton. Welcome to Season 4 and the 100th episode of the Practice of Learning Teams podcast show. On today's podcast, we continue the series called Hop Into Action. I'm joined by Jeffrey Lith, Brent Robinson, Josh Bryant and Diane Archan as a group of Hop and Learning Teams practitioners looking to make sense of putting Hop, Learning Teams and the 4Ds into actions for organisations to learn and improve. Think of the series as a mini learning team. We have a theme for each episode and we allow it to evolve or devolve organically. Today, we explore the four Ds with psychosocial risks, genuine understanding from the front line, and a different version of HOP called Human Organizational Profanity with Josh introducing the shit sandwich. So please sit back and enjoy this series of HOP into action Sponsored by Safety Differently Merch, providers of curated merchandise befitting your Safety Differently journey. I think, Diane, even you touched on it, um, because I can't say it, um, is that it's also the 4Ds was also a form of cognitive behavior therapy as well. It's, yeah. it's that rewiring, right? It's it's thinking in a different way and sharing. When you share as well like you socially connect when when we run the 4d conversations you go really really deep with the guys um they can socially connect with each other as well and they can rewire some of what they're thinking so you're challenging those um those patterns that you've put in your brain to say this is the way that um i think this is the way i've linked behavior and outcomes that type of thing but when they can spend that time reflecting, unpacking how they feel, um, what might be happening, all of the conditions. It allows them to see things from a different perspective and learn from it. But just being able to share as a group and and share together as a group is really um, restorative for people as well. What's mana? It's giving people yeah, mana. So, yep. so for our... Uh, non-Kiwi people, that means it's about respect. It's about, you know, um, respecting me, res- respecting who I am, respecting my my family, you know, my whanau, my tribe, you know, re- respecting me as a whole rather than just someone who does a job. And rebuilding that, rebuilding that feeling of mana and restoring that as well. You've been quiet, Jeff. I just love it. I <laughs> love the conversation. <clears throat> love catching up with you guys. It's just all fantastic. Just taking it all in. But great points. Love this notion of of CBT for organizations, organizational CBT, and 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 just seeing, just letting people be people, like the humanization or the respect for for people's entire selves coming to work and exchanging risk for money. Yeah, and and that links <laughs> once again. If we go back to it. it, context drives behavior. 
what this has done and that psychosocial risk element for you, Josh, is that context is driving that behavior. But yep. it's driving it where it needs to drive it, which is at the front line. which I think is way overdue. Now, and once again, guys, don't get me wrong. I'm keen for a piece of fruit. You know, I'm, I'm keen for a, a massage or any other well-being program that you run. But I don't know how those things change work design. Yeah. They're transactional, but people think they're not. They are traditional fixes because we are trying to make the risk simple. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's, and, it, and look, it, it is scary. It is scary. And, and I think, um, Diane, um, a good example, Jeff and I were able to present uh, up at the 29th annual conference for the community of learning for, for hop. So that's right. 29 years. People have been getting together about hop. I don't know if hops a new view. I think it's a well-established view. And and in that group, we were sharing with them some of that work where we were showing them some of those what we called risk influence factors around psychosocial risk and how it's it's like a scale. And that scale moves from thriving at the positive end to harmful at the negative end. And, and it reminded me, it's actually a bit like black line, blue line. That as the blue line's moving up, we're moving to that thriving component. But as the blue line's moving down, we're moving into that harmful component. And it was really fascinating because the four Ds could show you what influence factors were present and that job and that activity. And more importantly, it could show you where on the scale that was. And we're not saying that everything has to be in thriving. So, and I think one of the examples of the participants, they talked about that the organization had done some restructuring and a whole lot of people had lost their jobs. Well, I can tell you now, the rest of the group aren't in the thriving element. <laughs> around those components, okay? <laughs> yeah, thriving is kind of off the table for, for a period of time when that happens, isn't it? But that, that's life, right? It's like any, any risk, it ebbs and flows. And you need to recognize when it's starting to get really close and you know what it is that you can do, the team can do and the organization can do to, to moderate that. Um, you know, what controls are in place. And and it's not fruit. <laughs> no, you know? and it's not an annual survey. What's the annual no, survey going to tell you? Yeah. But when you're leaning oh. into everyday work and, you know, through the four Ds, you can see, you can see the, when the, 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 the red line is coming up towards you and you know the team can um, talk about the successes and, and you know what's a good day at work what are those protective factors that they need to have and um, yeah it, it's for me it leads into really relevant conversations that are actually easy to have with them with with the team they're not scary for people because it is about the system. It's not about, okay, you know, 
this person's not as resilient, that sort of stuff. It 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 it's around work, it's around the system, it's around those rubs and when they're making do. Because those rubs will always be there. They will. Yeah. Which is the other thing. And that that's people... a the locus of control is really important, right? So, you know, the organization can't solve everything for everyone, but the organization's requirement is to understand its locus of control and how that's potentially impacting. How does that sit, Josh? Because that's really what the code of practice is asking for, isn't it, in Australia? Yes. It's not asking you to fix it. It's asking you to understand it understand it yes, and to manage definitely. it and to improve on it and i think it's great i think that it's it's a really um exciting time to lean into how we can make work better for people and to understand you know the cognitive element of things um and that's just exciting you know i guess even now we're seeing, you know, the AI, the advent of AI, how that can actually help people, um, you know, love to be a computer, love to be able to read everything that I could on you know, <laughs> the new view and human error and everything, but I'm not. So, you know, how can that actually, how can we use these particular tools to help out some of the cognitive workload um, and create new jobs? Because that's what's going to happen in the future, right? Um, but we can't forget how that actually comes together in this weird complex dynamical way um with frontline industrial work and um you know just office based not just office based but office based cognitive level work as well hey um jeff it's it's we're coming up to two years soon since we introduced the four d's to the community and all the conversation we've just been having was not the conversation we had two years ago about what we thought it could do. Yeah. Is it, do you have an anniversary date for that? Can we, can we call that a statutory holiday when that comes around? <laughs> Absolutely. I think it was, it was um, sometime in September. I've got, I've got the date there somewhere when we published, but, <laughs> but if I think back to it, for, for me, the original component for me, was with learning teams, people kept asking, can you give me a question bank that I can ask when running a learning team? And, and I understand why people are asking that because that's what they've been conditioned to do. But I was thinking about it, thinking at the time, I was thinking, well, the problem is you only get the answer to the question that you ask. So is there ever going to be a complete list of questions you can ask? No. The answer is there can't be. For 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 the audio people at home, we're on a Zoom call and we're all looking at Brent with one raised eyeball when he asks that question. <laughs> we're all we're all giving him funny looks. So, you know, if if, if I think about it, um, as we have seen it roll out across organizations, we have seen it proliferate into other areas where we didn't see its original intent. Mm. 
yet it just evolved. It was not forced. It just happened that way. And, mm -hmm. and I think it happened because of how workers received it. And the only people that were surprised was the organization. Yeah, it's been an interesting, I think it was 2018 for me, right? Sitting with this and and how it's changed and, and how it was really accelerated through the pandemic there. And now what it's what's with, you know, this community and, and what's gone on to happen is pretty, pretty remarkable. And you're right, it started out as just a very, to me, it was going to be a very simple industrial tool to go and have conversations with with working folks and, and try to try to get to the heart of what really matters and give us an action point to apply all these all these great ideas we had. But we kind of needed that that spark of operational insight to 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 apply it. And so from very basic beginnings now and and that I, I, I think it's great that it's it's spreading like it is and, and that people are resonating with it. And but it's so as we started this conversation, Brent, so important that um, that that non weaponization of it and staying true yes. to the, the, you know, the body of work that that we try to honor with these simple, simple. Yeah, questions. Well, I think it, I think it come will come on to us and other people that are using it to help people that are coming on the journey not to weaponize it. Because it would be easy to, right? It would be easy to. I think, you know, Josh just put in a question there about different industries. I'm, what I'm, well, not blown away, but what I'm happily pleased about is that we've seen it with sales teams, you know, so, you know, customer facing sales teams. And Diane um, talked about dealing with customers, but these are, these are frontline sales teams that are getting, you know, battered sometimes or, you know, can't process as many orders or whatever they might do and using it with them to understand their context, you know, because they are very system generated, uh, system governed. Um, we've seen it work with design teams, you know, these guys are on a particular, well, I will say they're on a particular, they're an interesting group of people that design some amazing stuff um, and they work in, you know, quite often very individually. But when you bring them together as a group and ask them, you know, about what we're doing and, and the way we're doing it, what's, you know, and using the four Ds to to frame that that discussion, some of the stuff that's come out of it, you know, you go, wow, we didn't know this. How did we not know that you guys were, you know, in one example, they're losing a shift a week because of, pure IT system issues but it just became normalized you know it was so frustrating from it just driving them nuts and it was so simple to fix but and that's what I love about it that you know to Josh's point across different industries and you know I'd, I'd love there's a couple of people in agriculture here that are doing amazing work out with people that work by themselves I'd love to see what's coming out of there and there's you know the psychosocial risks in agriculture oh my god you know one um one comment i got from a supervisor last week was josh thank you so much for removing the shit sandwich and i said oh, i would like well, what do you mean by that and it is the normal like the normal in the field discussion is uh give something positive comment on the behavior or the activity or whatever 
and then you walk away with an agreement. And so they they were so used to having these conversations of, oh, I'd like to, I'd like to thank you for your housekeeping. It looks really good. Oh, talk me through the task. Oh, I think you should have worn this differently. And I think you should have done that differently. And, you know, that cord out there is a trip hazard. How about you and I agree that the action that you'll take is to like to put away and that you'll wear your glasses properly. Oh, yeah. Walk away. Like they just said the, the four Ds is removed the shit sandwich component because it's a genuine, hey, tell me about what's difficult here. It's a, It's actually a conversation. It's not this one-way discussion yeah. that a leader comes in with the answers. Um, it's a genuine, hey, let's share information here. Like, tell me about what's difficult. Tell me what's really different from where you've done this before at this site compared to another site. Have you seen your teammates do it a different way? Can you talk me through that? Like, it's a, it's a genuine making connection with someone through those simple four, those four questions or those four Ds, those four components, rather than the standard shit sandwich conversation. But isn't that interesting that it actually takes the pressure off the supervisor or manager as well? They don't have to fix it. They just, they're, they're just learning something. And that's, you know, that moment you get when you go, wow, I didn't know that. And you, and we've learned something today. You might not necessarily be able to fix it. And Brent's really good about talking about this and not everything can be fixed, right? It takes the pressure off sometimes. And it's not a forced, it's a really open conversation. Yeah, I totally agree, Josh. It's, you know, I like I like the there shit is, sandwich. <laughs> there is something very addictive about that performance improvement, though, and that the tangibility yeah. of bringing that performance improvement back to the field. And Josh, you've got a lot of uh, examples of that. I just want to say, as a mild-mannered Canadian, the term shit sandwich really offends me. Um, we would, I know exactly what you're talking about, Josh, but we would never use in any way controversial language. Well, no, th this is good. This is no, but this is a good segue, right? Because we have been questioned a lot about the use of the term dumb, right? So you're offended by me saying, oh yeah, a shit sandwich, which is bread, you know, juicy crapness, and then a little bit of bread to like finish the conversation, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's the reality of how frontline people talk in their environment. So oh. if you go up to them and say, Hey, tell me about all the dumb stuff. They know that that term means that doesn't make sense. They know that that's the term. That's the way it's being used. So, you know, so I just, I, you, you know that I couldn't agree more. Um, I'm actually working on it. I just want to give you credit there for hashtag juicy crapness. Well, um, I just want to share with you that I've just had a text from Subway. They're no longer to sponsor this episode. <laughs> I I apologize for being a realist operational. Ah, uh, brother. We, what's on the drawing board right now is a presentation called Human and Organizational Profanity. <laughs> and it, uh, you could call it hop, but it might Apologies. get, you know, um, but I think it's great. I think the more we can, we can, you know, use that regular language. I mean, look at any yeah, television or media now, and if it's aimed at grownups, people are quite free flowing with, with their use of words. And I think most of us, uh, most of us that uh, have held tools in our hands and, and, and been close to the work, uh, understand the intent and don't get tripped up on those sensitivities. I think I said, said earlier offline, I was dumbfounded. <laughs> People find the word dumb diversive when we're talking about systems and context. 
Yeah. I but you know, I I do take that view and we we need to be careful here too that we need to take the position of where people are yeah. to then move them forward and not think that we've got the answers and the be all. So, you know, I've I've done a bit of a backwards flip on that. I've gone, yeah, I actually understand your position and that's where we can use that term about doesn't make sense. You know, if dumb's offensive views doesn't make sense. Because no, they're, just, they're intertwined, they're interlinked. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, just a, a day. It's just a day. I mean, at, at the end of the day, and it's no different. If I think about, you know, Rob Fisher is a good example. He has changed the sequence of the four days. Okay, perfect. Because that is what makes sense to him, and the leaders that he's engaging in. Because the four days is not about filling a box. The four Ds is about creating conversations. And, and as Rob would say, the four Ds allows different people's perspectives, personalities, risk tolerance, risk appetite, all those things that make us up as individuals to actually have a voice around seeing risk how it should be seen. Yeah. Which and, is, as Josh would say, the shit sandwich that they're dealing with every day. I'm sorry. I apologize. All right. I apologize. But I, th I think, you know, when you, you, you're thinking about that language element, um, you have to be empathetic and kind of go, who am I using it with? And does this resonate with them? Um, so many times you hear, you know, practitioners, uh, management, use big words and they're meaningless to the front line and so if you're if the front line gets this and they do get it um then use it but if you're in an environment where you know they're a little bit more sensitive then sense making sure use that you know the d's means um sense making you know you just don't even have to write it up just d d d d sense making risky you know we've used dodgy you know dodgy, dodgy. Dodgy works in the context of New Zealand and Australia, you know. Um, I get, like, I I understand that some people see it or feel it that way. Um, my guess is that it comes from the more behavioural side of their experience with the behavioural side of safety. But really, it is about the system, isn't it? It's about the work design. It's never about the people at that point. But I, Absolutely. You know, I think it's about the craziness, the I, I craziness mean, the word, of the design. The word is offensive when it's being used as a verb and when it's being used about a person's and, yep. capability mm. or capacity. Absolutely, mm. it, is a, it is offensive. But that is not um, the context. Once again, let's go back to it, context drives behavior. It's not the context of how that word is being used. It is... Once again, go back to hop. It's about the system element. It's about building better defenses. And it's about trying to create that successful work environment or understand why work goes well. And I think, once again, um, I think I've been pretty vocal, guys, in the past that the four Ds is not an appreciative inquiry. It's not looking at why things go well or why things don't go well. It's, it's really focusing on that rub. If, if we think about the black line, blue line, 
you know, that movement of the blue line going up and the blue line going down, that adaption, um, rather than drift, but that, that adaption, there are rubs that have to happen because the black line is linear. And that's why I love um, that concept. Um, and once again, big, big thanks to people like um, Scott, who talked about swim lanes. That, you know, we, we want, we should embrace adaption. But what we want to do is we want to nudge people so they're not moving outside those things because that, that's where that potential for that harm can exist. So as it has its moving up, and it's persons sort of moving towards it, you know, we want that nudging component to happen. And as you've discovered, um, Josh, in, in your work around critical risk, that those things that we thought were great aren't always that great. Yeah, and definitely some of the controls, like, you know, you can think that you've got the best control in the world, but even applying a full D's lens on it, like some of those controls are difficult to use. Some of them are difficult to maintain. Some of them are, um, you know, different between um, a site that you thought was being used across your entire business and there've been adaptions because of the environment they're in or, you know, um, if you're like example in Brent's case where he works across a number of client sites, different clients got different expectations therefore there's local adaption so you know you're unaware of these changes of control so you know that's the four d's for us is unlocked also looking at that critical risk element like you know why is this control different on this site why is it you know why does it make sense to have um all these risk assessments filled out before i can do work when they're all exactly the same thing so that's that conflict with standardization that we want performance standards. We yep. want uniformity. All those things are great. But the reality is they're not always being applied the same way across all those sites. Yeah, but use the four Ds to find out why. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, once again, what I have what I've observed, um, Josh, is that for a large amount of workers, they never understood its purpose. Yep. You know, so when people say to me, it is there to save your life. Okay. You know, that that once again, that's a blame and punish type question. The fact is, you know, they couldn't do the job with it being there. You know, they can't be effective or efficient yep. because it gets in the way of, of, of doing it. They're not doing it because they believe that they're going to get hurt. As much as that is attractive organizations and that blame and punish mode i just i just don't see it so guys let, let's wrap up let's go around the table and and just do a bit of reflection so that we all leave here um you know reflected fresh you know so shall we start with the furthest away let's connect into vancouver yeah i'm the furthest furthest away i have to leave a little bit sooner than the rest of you because i've got longer to travel I'm just kidding. Um, it's great, guys. I love y'all. I can't wait to collaborate on the next book, uh, Human and Organizational Profanity, with uh, mm -hmm. the same team. It's going to be great. Um, Josh will lead it. <laughs> <laughs> I resemble that. 
I resemble that remark. No, va fantastic. It's just so exciting. It's exciting that, that, that this has launched. It's, it's, I'm, I, a few times this afternoon, we've talked about uh, what are we going to learn next? What, you know, what, what, are we what are we about to learn and observe? And, and, and what will we see? How will we see this trajectory? Uh, you know, what, what will be the curve, the arc of this trajectory of this thing? Very excited to see uh, how it goes on and, and uh, how the work is received. And um, honored to work with you all. And um, yeah, good times. Thank you. Cutting across to Brisbane, Queensland, Australia. Crikey. <laughs> Uh, reflecting what I've liked is that we've been able to micro experiment and check if this shit actually works. Um, and like, you know, it, it, it has, and then checking that out from a field level up into an upper leadership level. So how has it resonated with those board level people? How's it, how's it, um, has it resonated with an executive type leader? What about an operational manager? So it's been really good to, it's been really good to experiment and actually put uh, practical stories into the book. Um, so, you know, someone said it's a really good mix of academia and practical and stories. Um, and that's why they've really enjoyed the, enjoyed the book. Um, look, Rob Fisher said, I don't know how you guys collaborated seeing that where you are and your different type of environments and who you are and where you are. So, you know, I'm quite quite proud that we've been able to, you know, create this, and I'm I'm humbled that I was asked to be part of it as well. So thanks. Well, once again, Josh, we had to embrace diversity. <laughs> so having a geologist like a in the in the mix, <laughs> we felt was quite good because, as you know, they're not true academics. <laughs> And the fact that you're just another middle-aged, short-haired, wet guy is just totally random. Oh, that's, that's hilarious. Diane with the call of the day. <laughs> now, in, in serious reflection, Brent, like the, the biggest thing I've, I've taken away is actually a, a comment from Diane today um, where you've got the black line, the work is done, and then you've got the blue line, so where they're, you know, adapting. And the four Ds is actually revealing all these weeks signals that are near to the red line so i've never sort of the four d's feeling that space and like letting you know all the weak signals that are either bringing them closer or further away from that red line and now the four d's actually opened up where those are like that's that really sparked an interest for me that was really cool excellent and cutting across to melbourne um my reflection is that it's been, it's one of those things you come across that just has made it easier to get to the front line. And then the stuff we get back has been amazing. It, it's blown me away, you know, and you know how excited I get about it. And I, I just love that it, you're having a really cool conversation with people that are out there doing the work. And they're, they're both um brave enough and cool enough to say hey this is what this is what's happening and and telling you and trusting you and i that's the bit that has sort of really blown me away that you know when you turn up on site with your shiny boots which i never do even when i get new boots i go out in the garden make sure they're dirty before i get to site but it's you know it's just a personal thing that's my, one of my weaknesses um and your shiny hivers 
um, that they're actually entrusting you with um, telling you what's going on. And, you know, you guys are seeing it on some of those sites in New Zealand and the stories that you share with us have been really amazing. You just go, wow. You know, and it's across all socio-economic demographics. And that's the other thing that blows me away that, you know, that we've got to see it across sales teams and design teams and, you know, knowledge workers and construction workers and, you know, and Josh's, Josh's teams are in some of the most remotest places in Australia, if not on the planet, probably. Um, and we're getting insights and they're free flowing. You know, that, that's my reflection. Uh, you know, I, uh, I'm really excited like Jeff is to see where this goes because I think people will, there'll be levels of people that will not like its simplicity sometimes <laughs> and its clarity. And um, that will scare some people. But, you know, I think our job is to help them through that and just keep those. I think the stories are the thing that I like the stories. And, and that's the bit that when you can share those with people, and, and that's the aha moment for people. You know, when Josh shares those stories, like, really? What? Wow. That's cool. You know, you, he was filling it there. You know, all those things are just the really cool stories that help impart the power of it. And the simplicity simultaneously. Anyway, I'm going to get all evangelical any moment now. So that's right. The hot robes are in the post, <laughs> uh, sponsored by Safe Differently merchandise. And um, I can't believe you got it in there. Yeah, have to, have to. And uh, wrapping up to the nearest thing we have as an academic, Diane. Huh. Don't know if I call myself an academic, Brent. Um, Oh, I, I just, again, I'm so excited, so excited to be able to share um, and help people share their stories. I think, you know, for too long, we've, we've said, you know, worker engagement, participation, representation, this is the way we do it, that sort of thing. And I think with HOP, it really allows that to um, come to the fore and hear those stories and be able to identify those, those elements that, create the rubs for the workers but I think Jeff you mentioned again you know um you know the um total work worker worker health you know uh, the quote that's in the book we, sh we shouldn't be trading um our health for money and there's more to it I think we need to add to people's lives and I think the four d's allows a great place to start the hop principles um, and the power of them going forward as we really get into what it means and, and the creativity and innovation um, and allowing people that being to be able to, I don't know, put the fear to the side and become vulnerable and really make a change. So I think I've gone gone off into this crazy space of the emotional and kind of element. But, um, you know, that's, that's, I don't know, that's me. I bring the female side <laughs> so, you know, we talk more openly about emotions, but I think we all need to be in that space to do it. So vulnerability. So I get really excited by um, the opportunity to help make work better for people. Thanks, Diane. Hey, hey Brent, can I just say one more thing? And it was one of the things that Josh said to me, and this is one of my weaknesses that I want to go and tell people that their baby's ugly. And Josh has really pulled me back from the edge saying that you can't go and and say, hey, your baby's ugly. But you can say and it's a shit sandwich. 
I wouldn't say that either. But I think you know, it's a really good point that you know this isn't replacing everything that's come before it. It's helping you um, enhance, improve, add. Absolutely. Yeah, I've had a client of a global gold miner say that the four Ds is a gift. And wow. that blew my mind. That's an executive and just was like this. That's how his email started was this is a gift. Like, and he saw it that it really does a lot. And he actually goes now and goes to our operational sites and actually asks those different questions. And he says, I know so much more now about what you guys actually do rather than going and just doing a, a critical control verification. Josh, a bit of translation. Um, is he just saying that because it's free? <laughs> so. no, he's going to buy the book he's going to buy the book Jeff. <laughs> 29.95 jeff <laughs> i just want to say for the record josh did a spit take there he was just having a sip of water right at that moment uh, and i think um it's those little moments guys that that drive us and you know i, I was really fortunate being in um uh, Portsmouth and Norfolk a couple of weeks ago at the Community of Innovation, you know, when you hear who who I think of being the people there at the birth of Hop or the people that have been hopping a long time, when I think about people like Todd and I think talk about people like Rob Fisher, uh, Tony Mashara, Joe Este, all these sort of guys, when they say to me, our work is good, and the four Ds is making a difference, then I know what we're doing, we're heading in the right direction in that space. And, and for me, that's what keeps us going. So you know, hearing it from the front line is, 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 is really important as well. Hearing, uh, like Di and I the other day, one of the senior leaders shared with us the light bulb moment, shared with us that moment when the bulb clicked on and he switched from blame and punish to learning and improving. It just happened. It was like a, a switch. Hearing those moments are the things that keep us moving because we know everyone has that capacity to apply those principles over time. Welcome to Safety Differently Merchandise, the premium sponsor for the Practice of Learning Teams podcast show. Our curated lines of inspirational clothing, headwear, cups, stationery and more, at Safety Differently Merchandise, is befitting of your Safety Differently journey. I am Arthur Taylor, Chief Designer. I have spent decades on Savile Row, and honored to bring my talents, for all fine purveyors and devotees of. Hop. Learning Teams. Safety Differently. Safety 2. And The New View. Please visit the store and purchase our fine goods at safetydifferentlymerch.com. And now, back to the show.